kids. Welcome to Book Snub, a podcast about books. Only bad books, though. We read them and make fun of them because we have no lives. Just kidding, I have a life. I just choose to do this. Hey kids, it's time to get spooky! It's October 28th, I think, and um, you know, it's getting into the autumn time. My my skin is really dry. Crispy. It's really dry. Get some moisturizer. I did, just now, because my skin was so dry. (laughs) Crackle, crackle. That's the sound of Ivy's skin. That's my skin. I felt like I could just like crackle, peel it off. I don't know. Snap, crackle, pop. Snap, crackle, Just pop. pop That's off the sound of Ivy's skin. Snap, crackle, pop. Ivy's gonna regrow her skin. Yum. So, hey kids. Hey kids. Hey kids. Welcome to Book Snub Podcast, where we read bad books so you don't have to. I'm Ivy. I'm Jazz. I'm Patooties. Patootie, patati, patati, tomati. Potato, potato. Anyway. Potato, potato. It's Halloween. Let's call the whole thing off. We are all in costume as of right now. This we're not is Halloween. Oh yeah, this we're totally in costume. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Halloween. Anyway, so today we're reading some books. Not really books, so much short stories. We're taking a break from uglies. Yeah, we're taking a break from regrowing our skin to talk about some scary stuff. Well, I'm still regrowing my skin. We really got to get into that spooky Halloween mood. That, that good, good Halloween mood. So we're reading. A couple of short stories. The first one is The Monkey's Paw. The second one is Cask of Amontillado. And the third one may be a weird Amazon book that I haven't read. <laughs> Vampire Dead Detective. Dead Detective. And I bet you Ivy hasn't read it either. Then what's the point? <laughs> so it'll just be me, like, soloing this bitch, and you guys fucking react? I don't know. Because last year we did two Halloween thingies where we talked about some classics, some Edgar Allan Poe, so we had to bring the Poe back, you know, because... Yeah, but I felt like, I don't know, we didn't need two whole um, episodes, just, like, do half an episode on classics and half an episode on... Uh, Bullshit. It was an exci- It was like a wild fucking ride reading that shit. <laughs> cool. So, so we're starting with I'm excited the um, the monkey the monkey paw. We start with monkey monkey by w w w dot jacobs. That's that's not his name. <laughs> w w w dot jacobs dot biz. <laughs> <laughs> His name is WW Jacobs. Who knows what the WW stands for? Stands for Worldwide. Worldwide. Woodwind. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Mr. Worldwide, Worldwide Jacobs. <laughs> I know my rent was going to be late about a week ago. <laughs> anyway, so we're reading <laughs> The Monkey's Paw, which was published in 1902. And then it was featured in The Lady of the Barge, published Ooh. in 1911. History. As this site is telling me. Yes. So it's basically a story about some folks that find, like, an enchanted object that gives them wishes, and uh, they just proceed to have some good old fun with it. It's like, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Anyway, so the story starts, and we have, like, this wholesome family chilling around a fire. There's, like, an old dude, his wife, and their adult son. And the old dude and the son are playing chess, and the wife is knitting because uh, it's it's 1902. So yeah. Anyway, they're gossiping. This guy came comes in. This guy just walks in. He's and he's like Sergeant, Sergeant Major, Major Morris. Morris. Sergeant Major. So yeah. Then he starts drinking, which is you know a theme in these Halloween stories. If you haven't gotten it yet, <laughs> it always comes to the drinking. The drinking. Drinking. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and wish. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, isn't the sergeant the only one drinking? Because, you know, he done seen some things. Don't drink and spook. Don't drink and spook. Anyway, so old dude's like, hey, uh, sergeant, didn't you tell me something about a, a monkey's paw? And the sergeant is like, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. You must have drunk that one up, old man. But then the old guy, like, keeps bugging him. And everyone else is like, monkey's paw? Monkey's paw? <laughs> and then eventually he's like, okay, whatever. I take it out of my pocket, and he's like, uh, it's just so, it looks like a normal paw, but, you know, 
It'll grant three wishes to three people. It's made by some men to show that you should be careful what you wish for. Don't use it. There's one There's one use left, and I'm gonna leave it here, but do not to, use it. Yeah, it was supposed to grant three separate one wishes to three separate men, but then the old guy wants to be smart, and it's just like, well, can one guy get three wishes? So apparently the sergeant did that as well. So apparently the first guy who did the wishes did two wishes, and then his third wish, he was like, I wish for death. To die. <laughs> I just, so I gotta like go. So he's like a millennial, basically. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's not even spooky. That's just, oh, yeah. That's, that's real life. That is what we do. <laughs> so, yeah, and then apparently the sergeant used three wishes, and he's somehow still alive to tell the tale, but he's like, I done seen some stuff. This monkey's pods, it's some real. Shit. It's some It's some real, real real stuff so don't use it and the old guy's like but i wanna and so then the sergeant's like i guess why would you tell anyone about it like it's just like you're just compelled to tell people about things you know it's like that's how all horror movies go people just are compelled to tell their friends about like the ghost in the house and it's like why i didn't want to know he tells him how to use it too Oh, you hold it in your right hand and you say the wish aloud. Like, don't fucking do that. Don't use it, but here's how you use it. Yep, this is a story all about how the old dude's life gets flipped, turned upside down. And so he throws it on the fire. And then the the guy- The old dude rescues it, like, dives into the fire. And it's like, no! Yeah. It's like, no! (laughs) No, I want to use it! The wishes! So yeah, then the old dude decides to use the first wish just kind of stupidly, I guess, and he wishes for 200 pounds, you know, because this is apparently Britain, which I didn't know right up until this point. 200 pounds. So yeah, they go to sleep, and then, like, the next day they see, like, this fancily dressed man, like, lurking outside of their gate, and they're just like, hey dude. They do have... They, there was the son there, and he's like, oh, the son said, wish for 200 pounds, and the guy's like, okay. Also, I love this one part where uh, the guy's like, okay, here's how you use it, but don't use it, there's consequences to your wishes. And then Mrs. White's like, sounds like the Arabian Nights, and I'm like, so, it, like, which, st- which, which, which story? All a thousand and one of them, Jazz. All one thousand and one Every of the Every single one of them. <laughs> Every story in Agrabah. <laughs> so anyways, he wishes for 200 pounds, and then the next morning, the fancy dude is like outside of their gate, and they're just like, come on in, fancy man. Maybe he's got the 200 pounds for us. And then the fancy man is just like, yeah, I'm uh, here to tell you that your son died. He got caught in some machinery. And his workplace doesn't really want to pay out because, you know... One of the worst ways to die is caught in machinery. Yeah, you know, it's just, that's 1902, right? So yeah, the guy is like, his workplace doesn't <laughs> want to pay out, but they will give you a little bit of money for his funeral and for the compensation. To keep quiet. And then the husband and wife are like, how much? And he's like, 200 pounds. Dun dun dun. Go, go, go! Didn't see that one coming, and then the old man just like falls to the ground yeah they're shook they're real shook so yeah then basically they just kind of grieve for a little while and then one night the wife just wakes up and is like we didn't use all the wishes (laughs) and the husband's like please no (laughs) we don't need to use we can just wish to unkill the kid and the wife is like please undead him and the husband's like, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> and the wife is like, do it. And the, the wife's like, do it, bitch. Do it. <laughs> so yeah, he does it. He unwishes him dead. And then they kind of chill for a little while. And then all of a sudden, they hear a knock on the door. Their zombie son is back. <laughs> then like, the lights will <laughs> flicker on and off. And then the phone will ring. But there will be nobody there. Ooh. Good times. So yeah, their zombie son starts like rattling stuff and then yeah, he starts zombieing. He probably starts screaming about brains or whatever, but the husband is real <laughs> shook. 
the wife is like, let's open the door. And it's like, I don't think that's quite the Herbert that you want to see outside of that door. And then the husband does, I guess, the only smart thing of the story and uses the third and final wish to wish him back dead. However, (laughs) while this is the end of the story, all the wishes have gone wrong so far. So something tells me a third wish is going to go wrong. Yeah, like, okay. Well, I'm curious because, okay, he was at, like, the door thing. And all of these wishes kind of take a while to take effect. And then, like, the last one, this zombie was at the door. And then she opens the door right after the wish and he's gone. So he just, like, fucking poofed back into the ground. You know. But, um... (sighs) I don't know. Well, if the wishes have consequences, then, like, the third one where they push him dead again should also not be good. Well, I've heard different theories about the end of it. Like, some people think, like, maybe the son was actually alive and then his third wish killed him for good. So maybe he actually murdered the live son or whatever. Um, Well, but then the second one wouldn't have had consequences. Well, I guess the consequence was that he then used the third one to dead his son. So it was like a combined wish consequence. Whoa. Whoa, bro. Thinking ahead. Yeah. Wait, so his son was alive the whole time? No, it's just like, these are different theories. Because, like, it doesn't say it in the story. You know, the story just ends with the noise disappearing outside of the door and then the wife opening up the door and not seeing the son anymore. But who's to say what was outside of the door? Because they never opened it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if the purpose of it was to, like, acknowledge that, like, the wishes have consequences, since he learned it won't punish him for it. I Yes, I don't know. The story is, it's uh, something, and yet we all were kind of forced to read it. His wish was a little, like, basic. He's like, oh, I wish my son was alive again when he, I mean, I would have been like, oh, wish I never, like, had this monkey's paw. Hmm, I feel like the monkey's paw would still find a loophole in that somehow. Like, wish I never had the monkey's paw. Now his <laughs> son has the monkey's paw. And his we, son still I, uses the wishes. I hold the monkey's paw in my right hand and I say, control Z. <laughs> what? That's not how that works. <laughs> it's 1902, Jazz. It's 1902. Anyway, so that was a great, great story that I was forced to read in like 10th grade. And I guarantee you I did not read it again. I never read that for school. Didn't you not go to school? <laughs> oh. Wait, I just, wait a second. I mean, like... Because I just said we had to read it in public school. Did you, like, not go to school? I no, not school school, but she didn't have to go to public school. So I was just like... I didn't go to public school. Like, I read different stories than you guys, probably. Mm, um, y'all and didn't we also are all read. in different states. Like, if we were all in the same state and all went to public school in the same state, then we would all have, like, read the same thing. No, because, like, the story thing is universal, because, like, people in other states have had to also read the lottery for school. It just usually depends on what grade you read it in. Because, like, everyone usually has to read Hamlet for high school, right? I guess it's because in public school, like, around Halloween, everyone's like, oh, let's do some spooky stories because we have to celebrate Halloween. But it's like, if you're not, like going to school and you're like homeschooled or something you don't have to like put emphasis on celebrating halloween through studies well i didn't read this one around halloween it was just one of the many short stories we had to read so i just assumed everyone like we read read short stories in my like online school i just didn't get to this one i guess like i did like the most dangerous game and stuff like that Ooh, i read that one in eighth grade Anyway, so our next next story story is uh, one that we mentioned last time. Everyone's favorite, favorite Poe story. The Cask of Amontillado. Amontillado. By Edgar Allan Poe. Spaghetti. Anyway, so uh, we start this story with uh, our very salty narrator, who's like really mad at this guy named Fortunato. So apparently Fortunato is like annoying. Yeah, he talks so much shit about Fortunato. So apparently Fortunato is like annoying and lucky and apparently did something to him, though our narrator is never really like specific about what Fortunato did to him. I hate Fortunato because he's lucky. I mean, it's like his name's Fortunato. It'd be like, what are you expecting here? Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunato. (laughs) Unfortunato. Dark Fortunato, show me the unluckiness. (laughs) 
So anyway, um, our narrator is like, I'm going to get that Fortunato and I'm going to get him with his weakness, that love for that drink. And his pride. Also, I feel like part of one of the things that nobody ever acknowledges about this story is that it's the carnival season. Yeah. And um, Fortunato is wearing a tight fitting party striped dress and his head is surmounted by the conical cap and bells. Yeah, he's dressed so, like, like those dudes from like Hunchback of Notre Dame with like the bells on their heads. Like he's like a jester or something. So this whole time That's he's important. Been being led down into the cellar, he's just like jingle jingle jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just imagine that now like 18 flights of steps? <laughs> jingle jingle jingle. <laughs> Oh, that Fortunato. So, so, I get why he wants to kill him now, but... So anyway, our narrator collects wines, and Fortunato knows this, so our narrator is just like, hey, Fortunato, I got that good stuff, I got that Kirschenwasser. That no, good Kirsch. I, mean, I got that <laughs> no! Amontillado. <laughs> Not the Kirschenwasser. I got that Kirschenwasser. No, he's like, I got that Amontillado, Fortunato. Yeah, you know you want some, and then Fortunato's like, mm-hmm. I do want some of that Amontillado. So yeah, then our narrator is just like, actually, I'm gonna like share it with my man Lucreci. And then Fortunato is just like, Lucreci? That plebeian? How dare you? Wait, is that how you say it? Listen, I don't know how to pronounce nothing. In this- I don't know how you thinks either. Well, where are they? Are they in Italy? Yeah, it's in Italy. So it would be Lucchesi. 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 Amantillado. Amantillado from Sherry. Amantillado. The Italian people are going to come Lucchesi. and kill us in our homes. I'm taking Italian. I know. They're still going to come and kill us in our homes. Good. Let them Let them try. Let them try. I'm not even at home, bitch. What, are they going <laughs> to strangle me with some spaghetti? <laughs> spaghetti. Okay, so the guy's name, the, you know, narrator dude. The guy's name is Spaghetti. Narrator dude's name is Montresor, as we learn, like, eventually Montresor. halfway down the Montresor. Montresor. It would, yeah, it would be Montresor. Thank you, Ivy. Fortunato and Montresor. Montresor. Fortunato and Montresor. Montresor. Dying. With Montresor. Thank you, Ivy. <laughs> this whole time is just going to be us pronouncing these names. So Montresor leads Fortunato into his, like, creepy basement. His creepy basement. And so they're... Can y'all chill with these accents? Fortunato starts like fucking dying already and he's like coughing Montreus was like how long have you had that cough and it says and it says my poor friend found it impossible to reply for many minutes so he's literally dying what's wrong with him that's Many so minutes. long. <laughs> I think authors <laughs> underestimate how long certain times are because many minutes of coughing, you're dead, bruh. Like, it's over. So then he says, it's nothing after coughing for many minutes. Yeah, Montresor is all, uh, let's go back up, Fortunato. And then he's like, I shall not die of a cough. And then Montresor is like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't die of a cough. <laughs> anyway, so Montresor is all, so, uh, Fortunato, let's go back Montresor. up. Montresor! I'm sorry, you made him sound like a dinosaur. Listen, I'm gonna pronounce it differently every time. So anyway, Montresor is all like, let's go back up, buddy. You're rich. Montresor You're admired. You're happy, like I once was. And anyway, so we wouldn't oh. want anything to happen to you. So anyway, they drink some wine on their way down to the wine. And so on their way down, Montresor tells Fortunato, like, some cool history about his family. And he gives, like, oh, his yes. family's, like, slogan or whatever, which is some Latin. Nemo me impune. Lassit. 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 You know, Latin. Anyway, it means something like no one cuts me with impunity, which is supposed to be like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like a hint. You you fucking fight me, then you're gonna get it, is basically it. 
So, okay. And you have to realize the picture that goes with it, the arms, is um, a huge human foot and the foot's crushing a serpent whose fangs are embedded in the heel. So his thing, he basically has got like a tea party thing and it says, don't tread on me. (laughs) So that's it. It also means like you'll hurt someone even at the risk of hurting yourself. It's like, you're going to like kill someone even if they could kill you, but you're still like, I'm going to do it anyway because I have such a taste for this vengeance. So... I think that contributes to the theory that Fortunato did something to Montressor, though I have a theory that Fortunato, like, the thing he did to Montressor is probably really small, and Montressor is just blowing it all out of proportion, and, like... Yes, definitely. kill him over some small stuff. Like, Fortunato ain't say hi to him when he saw him out in town. He was like, Oh, no! Sorry, I was temporarily blind, and I didn't see you there. No, isn't that the whole point of the story, that it's, like, unreliable narrator, because he never actually says what... Fortunato oh, did. narrators are very reliable. They're always reliable. We went over They're this. not drunk at all. They're so reliable. <laughs> Just like Edgar. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they go deeper into the catacombs. Fortunato keeps getting drunker and drunker. And oh, you know what's funny? What's funny? Um, Fortunato makes this, like, uh, some hand gesture. And then the guy, <laughs> then Montres is like, what? And he's like, oh, you don't understand? You're not a mason? And uh, Montres is like, oh, yeah, I'm a mason. And he's like, no, you're not. And Montres pulls out, like, a trowel, and he's like, I lay bricks. <laughs> Same. Same, honestly. Montres. Montres. So, anyways, Montres and him keep going further Amantelado. into Thank you. So, <laughs> Tressor and him keep going deeper. Oh, are y'all gonna keep doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they keep going deeper into the catacombs, and Montressor is just like, you want to go? We can go. And then Fortunato is like, no, no, I don't want to go. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the Amontiloli. Like, I just want to wine. <laughs> So anyway, they get down there, and Montressor chains Fortunato up, and Fortunato is still like, so, uh, we still finna drink this wine? Because, <laughs> you know, that wine. We return to the word that we um, noticed in one of Edgar's um, stories last year. And um, uh, Fortunato says, the Amontillado. And it says, ejaculated, my friend. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped right over it. Of course you did. You were just gonna I- keep going for it. Right, so he just, like, opens, he, there's this, like, little, little niche in the wall, and he's like, it's in there, and then Fortunato goes in, and is like, what? And he just, like, ties him to the wall, gotcha. and is like, gotcha, and then Fortunato's like, huh? Yeah, so then <laughs> he starts building, like, a wall in he's front like, of him. He's like, jingle, jingle, jingle. Jing- thank you. So then jingle, he starts jingle. building a wall in front of him, like, brick by brick with the mortar, and so the minute he starts building the wall, Fortunato kind of sobers up and is like, no. So then he keeps bricking him up and bricking him up. Then he gets like to the last brick and Fortunato is like, oh, <laughs> a jest, surely. Oh, what a good prank, bro. So the, <laughs> good good prank, bro. Good prank, bro. And then Montresaurus says, smash that MF like. <laughs> smash that motherfucking like button. But yeah, it's not a prank at all. uh, We shall have many a rich laugh about it at the palazzo. Yeah, not not a good prank. My favorite part is at some point when he's bricking it up, when um, Fortunato's just like screaming, he starts screaming back. He's like, ah, and then they're both just yelling Um, at each other. That's that's fun. I fight all day. You just scream at each other. For the love of God, Montresor. For the love of God, Monterezzo. Yes, for the love of God, as he puts in the last brick. That's a one-liner. So he's bricked him up, and he's he good. He's good to go. And uh, Fortunato stops answering him before he finishes it. But he, like, jingle, finishes jingle. In, he finishes bricking it up, jingle. and then it's like, you, for I the jingle, half jingle. of a century, he's like, against the new masonry. The, oh, wait, I re-erected the bones. And that says, for the half of a century, no mortal has disturbed them. So, like... For 500 years, no one discovers them. But No, it's wait. half of a century. So it's 50, it's 50. years. Oh, for 50 years. Okay. Yeah, because he's I telling the story as like an old Jazz dude. Jazz can't count. 
Shut the fuck up. Jazz, the resident math genius king. (laughs) Jazz, no. Goes to math school for math. I just can't (laughs) Can't read. I can't Can't read. Can't do math, Jazz. I can't. I (laughs) actually just can't read. That's what we call her. Is that really what we call her? That's what we call her. No math jazz. So yeah, he's telling the story as like an old dude. And then he's he's just like, hey, Remember that time I killed a man? <laughs> who are you talking to? Who he's talking to? Like, someone's gonna go get it. I feel like he's get telling him. the story to himself every once in a while because he's just so pleased by how he did it. <laughs> I like, did it. <laughs> that you can't do. <laughs> now, do you know what it's time for? No, wait, you forgot to mention that the story ends with him saying R.I.P. as he pours out a 40. <laughs> Over Montresor, not Montresor, Fortunato's grave. R.I.P. Rotten Purgatory. No, that's not it. So, um, now we move on to... It's time for Jazz to read this 117-page story to me. And me, That's only I read. Listen. To be fair. Listen. I didn't read either of these stories either. I read them in 10th grade, and I didn't read them again. I am this podcast. I mean, I remember everything that happens in them. Oh, even this one? No, I didn't read okay. this in 10th grade. What? Exactly. Okay. Uh, we Tell us a story. Upon Dead Detective, so you it's, went for that one. It's story time, folks. You guys- Story okay. time. You need Here's to do a YouTuber voice. No, I'm not doing that. Story time. Um, it's story time, guys. Okay, so- um, Hey guys, welcome to my channel. Don't guys, forget to uh, leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, this video is sponsored by Squarespace. Beyondies. And can y'all chill? No, baby. Okay, we're gonna get sued. So here's the th- yeah, we're definitely um gonna get sued. So here's the thing about you guys not reading this is you gave all the control to me, which was a mistake. So you could tell us we anything. We didn't agree upon it. You chose the book. None of us agreed upon the dead detective. We agreed upon the short stories. Well, I said, hey, at least the books. And no, no one said no. That's not how that works. And you guys. This is an Edgar Allan Poe story. Now read us the book, Jazz. Y'all acknowledged it was the book. Okay. All right. So at the beginning, her, her, this character's name is Liz Stokes. And she has a roommate. But um, her roommate actually just died. So, oh, okay. her roommate, Timothy. Starting out strong. Who had, like, a creepy friend and, like, worked at night only. Which definitely isn't pointing to anything, given the title. Um, so Maybe he's... Ugly. Just really... What? Uh, really ugly, yeah. Say it. <laughs> Say it. No, he's just ugly. I know what you are. He's just ugly. Ugly. He works at a radio station because he's just so ugly. How long have you been 17? How long have you been ugly since I was 12? He has a podcast because he's so ugly that no one wants to see his face. And, um... That's a self-drag. Yeah, it is. Um... Wait, that was all of us drag. Hold up. Yes. Hold on. We are all very beautiful. We're, We're beautiful. Don't let anyone In tell you you're not beautiful. every single way. So this cop comes over and he's like, Officer Sutton with the third precinct. Uh, is this the residence of Timothy Hamilton? And she's like, yeah, why? And he's like, uh, he did. He got murdered. Uh, he was found. Guess who just got murdered? Guess who just got murdered? And he's actually from the 99th precinct now. And so... So then she's like, oh no, he did. We were like good pals. And then um, she goes and under her bed is like this box with a note that he said, only open this box and read this if, like, something's happened to me. And she's like, well, that's it. And he's like, oh, wear this ring that I just put in here. And also, like, um, co- go to this creepy warehouse location. Uh, bye. And don't trust anyone. And she's trust like- Trust no one. The X-Files. Thank you, Ivy. You're welcome. She's like, all right, gonna dash. And then she's like, wait, maybe Got I should go with, maybe I should just go with the cop. And then she, she walks out of her room, says, 
I'm ready. And the officer jumps, grabs his gun, and aims at her. And he's like, oh, sorry. It's a habit of mine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, 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 that makes it okay. I hear something, I point my gun at it. That's what happens. Some quality. I've, I've shot three of my cats. And so... What? He's like, I've shot three of my cats because I hear them I po- and I point and shoot. That's just a habit. He said that? Um, No. No, he did okay. not say that. I'm exaggerating. Okay. So he's like, okay, uh, do you know where Timothy kept a ring? And she's like, whoa, the ring that he left for me that he always wore. Uh, no. And um, she like busts out. She pulls the bathroom trick that um, Bella pulled on Jasper. Where, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, but I'm sneaking out. And so he's chasing her and whatever. And she goes into this warehouse and Timothy's creepy friend Vincent shows up and he's like, oh, so you're saying Timothy's dead? Nice. And she's like, what, bitch? And he's like, "Um, well, I'm going to kill you real quick. And then he says, ow, wait, he gave you the ring. Oh, fuck. So then, like, the rings start glowing or whatever, and then they're bound. And so he's a vampire, but he's, like, bound to, like, protect her. Because if one of them dies, they both die as long as the rings are on. Huh? And she can't pull the ring off now. Um, what is it? Wait, I'm confused by the story. So Vincent is a vampire man who used to protect Timothy, but now, like, that she has the ring, they are, so, okay. they have this connection. This story don't make no sense. This don't make no sense. But, so the ring is sort of a, neither shall live while the other survives. What is of. this, Lord of the Rings? <laughs> it's Harry no, Potter. it's not like Harry Potter thing. It, well, I mean, I don't know. It's just, if one of them dies, they both go down. So, Yeah. Um, it's funny, this book's funny because since it's one of those, um, free-ass tacky books, there's still a lot of grammar and spelling errors. At one time, at one point, um, they spell steak, like, oh, gonna stab him with a steak of wood as S-T-E-A-K, a jagged steak. And so, like, this werewolf busts in, Vincent fights him with a steak, and... Like a meat? They run away. Like a meat? He, yeah, like the meat. He, he just hits them with a big old piece of steak. Yes, the meat. Yeah, he's just like... Whoosh. So they run away from there, and Vincent grabs her and dashes real fast, like Edward. And so then, like, um, a bunch of FBI guys show up, and they're shooting at them for uh-huh. some reason. Okay. Uh-huh. That's what the FBI does. Seems right. He gets shot a bunch of times, but he's oh. a vampire, so he's like, okay, that's okay. fine. And then she gets shot once, and she's like, oh, no. And so- Ah, beans. Ah, beans, he, she says. And, okay, so after this, so she, he heals her, or whatever. But he was- oh. lo- She was looking at With him. magic? Yes, with magic. And he's very weak now, but she's strong, like bull. And so strong like Rashanat. Str- strong like bull. And so um she's looking at him like, "Oh, you got shot a bunch of times too." And then she's like, "Wait, you shouldn't be alive." And okay, I must stress that the first time that she like went to the warehouse, he w- did say he was going to just suck her blood like straight out. And like so many other things happened that were very obvious, like the werewolf and then he was sleeping in a coffin, you know. And then I'm sorry. okay, so now seeing that like, she he was not killed by the bullets, he's like, "Oh, she's like vampire." Oh. <laughs> Wait. So he just had a coffin that he was, like, actually sleeping in? Yeah. Why is he sleeping in a coffin? Because he's a vampire. The aesthetic. But um, he doesn't need to. So, anyway. Don't you know sh- vampires sleep in coffins? Edward did not sleep in a coffin. Yes, he did. Did he? Oh, I'm sorry. Are we going on... Are we basing our vampire rules on what Edward Cullen does? Yes. Edward Cullen doesn't even sleep. He just... He doesn't Cries even yeah, all night uh, and plays piano. He doesn't even burn in the sunlight. He just sparkles. 
Like, he's that pride. That's the real vampire lore. Okay, so anyway, she now feels, after she's healed, she feels an energy that made her feel like she was on a thousand energy drinks, which is really... That doesn't seem like good, a good feeling. That seems like death. That seems like, like, I don't know about y'all, but when I have too much caffeine, I don't feel good. It also seems just like a redundant way to explain it. It's like, I feel like I have energy. Like, I'm on energy drinks. And it's like, Because that's a different okay. feeling. That's like, your heart rate is going like 300 BPM, and you're and like- you feel like you're gonna puke. You feel like you're gonna like, your eyes are gonna like, zoom backwards into your, your brain or something. I mean, what kind of energy drinks you been drinking? I don't know. <laughs> I want some of those. And you're gonna like, ascend into another- <laughs> Another plane of existence. (laughs) Okay, so after this, we have a bunch of him explaining things and her not understanding things. And then she's like... you reading this book right now. I don't understand none of it. And she's like, I gotta get to the cops. And I'm like, the people who just shot at you? Okay. But, um, so then Vincent's like, okay, we gotta go to this guy, Frederick Bartholomew. And uh, he'll he'll explain things. Bartholomew. And, um, she's like... Barty. Oh, so you're gonna be, like, burned by the sun? So you're only, like, a good bodyguard for 12 hours. Or, like... And then she says, do vampires not have sleep and you are just napping in that wooden box I found you in? Does she not understand that napping is sleeping? But, like, in a short time? I don't know. But anyway. So they meet Bartholomew. The man wore a white lab coat that was stained with all the colors of the rainbow and others that didn't suggest anything that pretty. So all the colors Wait. of the rainbow plus more. She just found new colors. <laughs> I guess she's being literal and is going the six colors of the rainbow plus others. Got Roy G. Biv and then, wait, maybe like brown? Yeah, I don't know. It's like brown. Probably. It's technically not a color of the rainbow. Okay, figured that out. So, he introduces himself. He's like, my name is Frederick George Arthur Philip Bartholomew. But those whom I respect- Why does he have so many names? Call me Bat. And it's like, okay. Bat? Why would you- Bat. So, they meet Batman. So, none of the names. Bat, yeah. Um, so then- he says, oh, you've fallen into the thick of the world of the supernatural and are now bound to Vincent. And it's like, Vincent already explained this. She does know this. And, it, and it, she's like, my face fell and my hands shook. Like, what? You already know this. And so um, Bartholomew talks more about the supernatural. And then she says, have you taken your medication lately? And this is one of my favorite parts because he says, now that you mention it, no. And he opens a drawer and pulls out his pills and takes some. okay he's like thanks for reminding me oh thank you for the reminder actually (laughs) um and then she's like uh i gotta get back home i have some pants to fold and they're like same whatever bitch well they actually say you're gonna die if that happens you can't just live your life normally and then she's like why why are people after her because she has this cool ring that like Everyone wants to be bound to a vampire, I guess. What? Why doesn't she just take the ring off and just throw it in the fire? She can't take the ring off now. It's stuck. There's, like, some special process that Timothy used to get it off, and she doesn't know how yet. She should cut her finger off. Solve the issue. Yeah. She's surprised at some thing they say about vampires, and she says, my jaw jutted out. Which, is that, like, a normal facial expression? That, like, your jaw physically moves forward? Like, is that something that happens on faces? I don't... Like, just the jaw by itself? The jaw by itself just moves forward. It's like when you grit your teeth and your jaw goes out. This is a weird facial expression to make, though. Okay. Sometimes you just become a teeth grinder, and that's your lot in life. Jazz is a teeth grinder. We are all teeth grinders. Shut up. <laughs> so, whoa. Only, only when I'm, <laughs> un- only when I'm unconscious. So, <laughs> unconscious. Um. So anyway, you mean when you're sleeping? Yes. <laughs> yes. I do mean that. I feel like unconscious is a different thing. 
<laughs> I mean, yes, but <laughs> but yeah, it, when I'm sleeping, unconscious. No. Um, okay. Yeah. Get to the end of the story, Jazz. <laughs> okay. So anyway. Speed us through it. Um, they're like, Timothy was centuries old. And she's like, whoa. So the ring, like, stopped his aging and gave him, like, vampire-ish powers. Lord of the Rings? Yeah. And so she's like, what am I going to do for eternity? Pick up social security until I drain it dry? And then, and then, but, but, is like, I recommend a hobby or an occupation. She's he's like, maybe you can get a job. Like the one you already have. So basically... Uh, yes? They're just talking about the police or whatever. And then she's like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And they're like, whatever, try it. She roast our singing. And so... And then she this. she walks outside, and then she's like, fuck, I don't know where I am. And she just starts walking in a random direction and, like, gets attacked by some people in an alleyway, of course. And then um, Edward Cullen pops out of nowhere and says, get in. Then his Volvo. But, um, no. But Vincent does appear out of the shadows and is like, Sponsored by Volvo. get out of here, bitches. And saves her or whatever. And then he Sonic the Hedgehogs her over to the her apartment. And it's all torn up. Everyone, like, wrecked everything. And she's like, ugh, fine. And she's like, um, you can go home now. I think I can handle my apartment by myself. Which, this story really, really loves the trope of the girl saying, I don't need someone to save me. And then needing someone to save her. And so that's annoying. So everything's torn up. And <laughs> one thing that's a little funny is she plops down for uh to go to sleep when her stomach growls. And so she's in bed, but she's hungry. Leave Ivy alone. What did Ivy, Ivy do to deserve what did I do to you? the shade? In bed, but hungry. I just... So she sees a shadow outside the window, and she's like, hmm. And she looks out, she sticks her head out, and then the shadow, like, attacks her or whatever. And so then Vincent appears again, and she's like, all right, so I can't take care of myself. You're right. blah de blah And so Vincent, like, takes a piece of glass and, like, fucking cuts this werewolf in half, and there's blood everywhere. In half? Yep. Cleft in twain, and so like he gets slot. How big was the piece of glass? I don't know. A big piece of fucking glass. Seems like it takes a lot to. He gets to... cleft in twain. It takes a lot to cleft someone in twain. <laughs> he gets slot. Is the point? And there's blood everywhere, and then um Liz faints. She's like ah, puts her hand up to her forehead and faints. And, okay, this is very funny because she wakes up and she's like, I lay on a couch that looked like one of those ones used for mental patients. For one wild moment, I considered the whole thing a dream and me a psycho ward patient. And it's like, do you mean just like a couch in a therapist's office? Like, just like a couch. Like, she's like, oh, oh, there's a nice long couch. I it's like I'm in a mental institute, right, guys? Um, Am I right? Am I right, ladies? Am I right, ladies? And so Bartholomew's back, and he's talking about this, like, gang of other supernatural creatures that are trying to kill them, and they're called the Syndicate. And he says, a sanguine syndicate. And he says, we often shorten it to ass. So basically, they literally could not find one singular word. They could not find one singular word for A. So they just put the word A. Like, oh, it's a sanguine syndicate. Ass. Ass. And okay. Ass. Thank you, Ivy. One funny thing is the author does like roast herself in that. Um, when she's asking about the syndicate, she's like, the syndicate? I'd entered a really bad horror novel. <laughs> so she's aware it's very bad. So, um... Uh-huh. So he's like, 
you gotta start your life over. And reincarnation. What? She's just like, whatever. And he there's this She's gonna reincarnate. She's gonna be born again. There's this minor detail. Is Jesus? Minor (laughs) (laughs) She's Aslan. Um she there's this minor detail and where no one told her that she also drinks blood now, where she like does have oh. to drink blood. And um okay. so Bartholomew is like, here, you hungry? And he's like, just take some, bitch. And she says, I drained a few quarts before he gently but firmly pulled me away. So she- <laughs> That's a lot of blood. That like three quarts of blood is a lot. Wait, how much blood is in your body? I think two liters. Two hold liters? On. And wait, Which, how many quarts how many... are in a liter? Oh, okay, hold on. The average adult has about one point two to one point five gallons of blood. So let's let's say oh, wait, one... how many quarts are in a gallon? So, do you really need me to answer that question? It's four, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Court. So you've got six quarts in your whole body, and she drained a few, which is like three to four. So like over half? (laughs) Mm, Don't like that. Wait, but Vincent's also a vampire. Yes. So does he- shouldn't- don't vampires like not have blood? Isn't it like where they drink blood and then the blood is in their body? Well, no, no. She drains Bartholomew. Batman. Bat. Bartholomew? Yes. What is he? He's just a guy. He's just a guy and he's chill with that? Who knows a lot of stuff. Okay. He's just chill with someone draining he's, over half he's his like blood? in with the crap. He was Timothy's friend. Why is he not dead? Oh, so they were gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, anyway, they're like, okay, we're gonna move to Park Place, but it's like a abandoned house thing. Park Place? Is this Monopoly? Yeah, it's very bad. And so, um... It's, it's like, abandoned and dusty and stuff, and she tries vacuuming, and he's like, it's the daytime, I'm trying to fucking sleep, and she's like, fine, I'll vacuum it, I, um, and then she just keeps bugging him to talk to her, even though he's literally like, I'm trying to sleep, and she's like, Vincent, and one funny, okay, one, like, really awful line is just, have you ever felt different, he asked me. Sure. Every time I walk into a black or Asian neighborhood, I replied. <gasps> Why would you say that? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, oh gosh. So, so she's racist. <laughs> yeah. So at one point, when he's like, I don't want to talk, I want to sleep, she just smacks him. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry about that. I don't usually hit people, but I guess you're not a person. I mean, she's not wrong. Oh, whoops. What? And so then they go on a night mission and uh, they go to the Boo Bar, which is like a spooky bar with uh, spooky people. And then they they ask someone, oh, yo, what you know about this guy? He's like, I don't know how he was. I don't know how Timothy was killed or what happened, but I do know where his body is. And so they go to find the body because they got to burn it so they don't bring him back as a zombie and then get information out of him. So... They go to this warehouse, it's very dramatic, and um, then she gets cornered, and Vincent's already made his way out, and she has to, like, she hears this voice in her mind saying, jump, and so she, like, jumps, and he catches her, and she's like, whoa, we can send telepathic messages to each other. So then they're like, okay, we gotta just uh, burn Timothy. And so they burn Timothy, and then um, they that's basically it. They burn Timothy, and then he's like, hey, you might as well, if you're looking for a job, take over the business uh, Timothy had. And she's like, uh, what was that? And he says, oh, the Vampire Dead Detective Agency. We look at, like, paranormal stuff. And she's like, okay, that's my job now, even though they're both idiots. So I don't know how much detective work they can do. So that was a book. <clears throat> it's free on Amazon Kindle by Mac Flynn. Ooh, that book sucked. Yeah. Imagine reading it. I'm so glad I didn't. That was uh, that was awful. I'd rather read Venom and Vanilla at this point. Yeah. So Ivy. Yes, potatoes. You ready to read some Venom and Vanilla? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, how does it start? It's like, 
His voice through the mask sounded like Darth Vader. <laughs> because her, cause her husband is, like, vi- visiting her in the hospital. Because she's, like, sick with the super-duper plague. <laughs> and then he tells her that he is um, breaking up with her while she's, like, one day away from dying. And she's like, why would you tell me this? I'm about to die. And he's like, yeah, I'm breaking up with you and I'm getting together with this girl you hate. And we're starting a dog grooming business. And she's like, but you hate dogs. Listen, Ivy. Listen, Ivy. I've been saving up on uh, fucking Microsoft, uh, the big rewards. I can get an Amazon gift card and get Venom and Vanilla. We can all do this. We can all read it and do it on the snub. We missed the opportunity for our anniversary. One day. Now I have to wait for the five-year anniversary. Okay. Not two-year? No. Okay, two-year, we go on tour, I guess. <laughs> what money? With our $1 for Patreon. Shout out to Nikki. <laughs> hey, guys. If you liked this podcast, donate to our Patreon, please. We are dying. Um, we are deceased. We are already dead. We are vampires. And we sparkle, no. we sparkle in the sun, but we go out in the sun anyway because we're not ashamed of being gay. And Jazz. so, Jazz. hey guys, um, hey, follow us on Twitter and uh, I don't know what other websites we have. Tumblr and uh, ch- subscribe to us, please, please, please tell your friends we have. Zero listeners, basically. Tell your enemies. We we have more than zero. We have a non. We have a non-zero amount of zero. Of more than zero, less than like ten. Please tell, force your friends to listen to this. We do need more listeners desperately. Do we? Oh, I think uh, we have just the right amount. Shut Mwah. the fuck up. I think we have the right amount of listeners. Don't you discourage them? We do absolutely need more. Uh. Smash that motherfucking like button. Uh, subscribe, comment, rate us on iTunes. Do anything you can. Recommend us books. If yeah, recommend us books. Um, booksnub at gmail dot com or on Twitter, whatever. Just send us an email or on Twitter or Tumblr. Send me some money. Send me some money. We, yeah, please, please donate to our Patreon so we can stop sounding like bad. Um, send me some money so I can um get a microphone. A microphone. That's not it. So I can go out to eat. No. Yes. Yeah, send us money so we can meet in real life for the first time. And physically fight each other. We'll record it on video. We will record our battle to the death. Yes. Okay. All right. Bye. I've been Potatoes. I've been Ivy. I've been Jazz. Smooth Jazz. Smooth Jazz. Okay, bye. Bye.